Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by the magnanimous Eric. Oh, that's a great one. I feel like I should start to introduce you in different ways. Yeah, like different a different adjectives. quality. Yeah. Every time you host the show, I feel like that's like a little gift. I like that. Yeah, no I problem. I appreciate that. You're welcome. How you doing? Uh, good. Very tired. Oh, <laughs> I feel like you and I are groggy on the opposite spectrums yes. of sleep. Yeah. Eric has not been to sleep yet. Right. You I just, just woke up. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're both at the perfect uh, energy level to yes, record a podcast. Absolutely. It's going to be weird. <laughs> Probably going to say some pretty strange stuff. How's the work going? Uh, it's great. Any new or weird news on the Citizen app? Um, I love that you're their spokesperson on this show. I feel like they should pay <laughs> me for how much we talk <laughs> about their app. Uh, let's see. I don't. I don't think so. It's going pretty. It's pretty normal. It hasn't been too much crazy stuff. No going weird on. news in New York. Um, Last time you were on the show, you talked about how there were a weird number of feral cat attacks. Yeah, feral cat attacks. Uh, we get a we get a strange number of requests for raccoons. We talked about yeah. raccoons last time. I don't think a lot of people who don't live in the city realize how many raccoons we have. Yeah, there's a lot. Because they wander out of the parks, yeah. and then they go through our trash. Right. They got little human hands. Yeah. They can open things. I think probably, uh, I can't think of any specific stories off the top of my head. I mean, I think just working there, I've just realized how much people call 911. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, wow. I feel like we've talked about much. this before, yeah. but... Hello, fellow white people. Mm-hmm. Um, 911's not like your best friend. <laughs> right. You don't have to call them mm-hmm. anytime anything happens yeah. to give them an update. And also, the police can kill people. <laughs> so when you call them because you're like, there's a, there's a brown person I don't know yeah. on my steps. You're basically being like, hey, police, come kill this person. Right. So maybe don't call 911 like anytime anything happens. Yeah, and like there's... I noticed, like, there is, like, uh, you know, there are situations, not n- not suspicious people, but, like, there are situations you may need to talk to the police for. Sure. You don't need to call 911 to do that. Correct. The police have numbers you can call. Correct. Uh, non-emergency numbers. So, like, what's an example? Uh, there was one last night where a lady, which we did not put it on the app, obviously, but uh, a lady called... Uh, 911 saying uh, she called because she wanted to talk to the police because she found an ad for her own house. Ma'am. <laughs> Ma'am what? <laughs> so I guess her landlord was selling her house that she lived in. Which is like, sucks. It sucks. Maybe you need, do need to talk to the police for that. And also uh, probably illegal. Yes. And, but so, like, you should talk to an authority. You should talk to the police. But not 911? <laughs> it's not an emergency. Also, probably could wait till morning. I just <laughs> like <to> think <laughs> of how mad she was <laughs> yeah. when she saw yeah, the ad yeah, where yeah. she was like, get my phone. Mm-hmm. Just get my phone. And everyone yeah. was like, Grandma, what? She's like, get my phone right uh, now. Yeah, but there was, uh, there was a train derailment in New York last night. Oh, shit. Which train? Uh, an L I R R train, Long Island. It's Railroad. always the Lear. Yeah. The leader always derails. Yeah, there was a uh, couple of the back cars derailed. Somebody got a hit by a car yesterday, or a hit by a train yesterday, too. Uh, I think it was an A. Mm. I don't know. There were a ton of people late to work. Yes. And they were like, somebody got hit by a train. And then I checked the uh, MTA's Twitter account, mm-hmm. and they were like, somebody got hit by a train. Yeah, D- exactly. Like yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, stuff like that happens a lot, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, the train derailment was pretty exciting. Sure. That's, we don't get a lot of that, honestly. Like, there's not a, t- there's not a ton of huge events like that that happen. Although I've heard crazy. from people who have been like on a train when it's derailed, mm-hmm. and it's not as dramatic as it sounds. Yeah. Like it's just sort of like it just kind of stops. It kind of stops, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Uh, that kind of seemed like what this was. Although yeah. this was a, l- this was a little different because it was on the LIRR, and I believe an elevated track. Because it was at Jamaica Station in Queens. That's super scary. So it's, in general, like, if you're in an underground subway and it derails or it breaks or something, eventually they'll let you out. You can walk through the tunnel. Walk through the tunnel, yeah. You can't do that on on an above ground track. So they literally were just just stuck. Yeah, they just sat on the train for a while until they could move them. What time did it happen? Uh, Right, 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, and I think they were still. Uh, yeah, I mean, they were working on getting, because they have to 
move the train into the sta- into the station to get the people out of the train. Ugh. And I mean, they were working on it for at least two to three hours. Guys, America's infrastructure is fine. Yeah. And I don't know <laughs> why all the naysayers why out there are, are like, we're out. falling behind. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to talk about a very big moment in my life. Yes. I have switched my phone to grayscale. Oh, I, re- I read your Twitter about Ooh. this. Boy, I didn't even know this was a thing. People Life do this changing. Yeah. So apparently, there have been studies done that show that uh, color really overly stimulates mm. your brain, yeah. which is why uh, certain social media apps like Instagram are actually addictive. Mm. Um, and if you switch it to grayscale, it just stimulates your brain less, and it makes the apps less interesting right. to you. And I was like, whatever, let me try this. And I have like barely looked at my phone <laughs> since then. It is true. It does work, at least for me. Um, but I had a friend actually the other day be like, why Why don't you like my photos as much? Like, I haven't seen you as active <laughs> on Instagram. And I'm like, oh, because I'm not on it as much. I haven't been posting stories or yeah. anything. It's great. Pro tip for everybody. Make your phone more boring. Yeah. 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 Like, and um, it will be less addictive. Similar vein, uh, a lot of the computers at work are outfitted with uh, this app called, uh, or program called, uh, I think it's just called Fuse. Oh, yeah, Fuse is a messaging service. No, not Fuse. I'm wrong. Flux. Oh, okay. Flux. Uh Uh, Flux, it is a, it adds a color tint to your screen, which blocks out the blue light from the screen. Interesting, because I was wondering if there was an equivalent for my desktop computer. Should be able to get one, because we, we, uh, we use Macs at work. Right, and you guys are looking at your screens all day. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So you can block out the blue light, Ooh. and supposedly it's better for you. Okay, that's interesting, because it w- it's such a success on my phone. I was like, I want this on all screens I look at. Yeah, I don't know about grayscaling. This, what this does is it gives us everything a weird, like, yellow hue. Well, the grayscale is under accessibility, because mm. I think it's for people who have trouble, like, processing color. Right. So I, I think most Macs probably do have it. I just haven't looked under the settings for my laptop yet. Right. Uh, but guys, have you done this? Are you going to do this? I think it's life changing. It's funny though because flux is very good for you, like because it's the the blue light's supposed to be bad for your eyes, yeah. um, and also like if you're working on an overnight shift, like the blue light keeps you stimulated and it messes up your melatonin production. Yes. So that's why a lot of people, if you're looking at your phone, it's hard to go to sleep because the light from your phone or your laptop is like keeping you awake, right? And you. that's why like you can like dim the light on your phone exactly, now. Yeah. yeah. Um. But what's funny is that, like, I find that it is very comforting to have, but also, like, if I'm particularly tired at work, I need to turn it off because I need it to stimulate me <laughs> right, awake, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Otherwise, I, have, I get too comfortable, and I'm like... It's mm. interesting, and you realize how much it does stimulate your brain when yeah. you need, like, that shot of energy. You're like, let me go back to color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, hashtag light trees and pot. Have you done this? Was it successful? <laughs> mm, how do you feel about it? Maybe you're not as addicted to your phone as I was. Right. But I was truly, like... I this wild thing was happening where I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to open Facebook because I waste so much time on the Facebook app just scrolling endlessly. I won't open it. And then my I would sort of zone out for a while and somehow the app would be open again on my phone. Mm -hmm. And it was that I had just gone there reflexively and opened it. So I moved it from like that first screen to like the third one Mm. I'd have to swipe to. But it was so wild what like a deep seated reflex it was for me. I was like, oh, this is bad. You ever uh, you ever like close an app or close a uh, browser tab and then start a new one and just open up the same thing? Yep. Oof. Yeah. (laughs) What a terrible what a horrific realization for your life when yeah you're like, but when you change your behavior like that you realize how embedded it was and you were like mm-hmm. oh this was an issue and i didn't realize it was you an also issue. realize how just insanely dumb we are oh yeah our dumb monkey brains <laughs> yeah. you mean absolutely <laughs> i tweeted about that a while ago uh speaking of dumb monkey brains i was on twitter mm-hmm. and uh twitter was down yeah. and i was like oh that sucks and i immediately went and i tried to refresh it again and i was like man that sucks and then i did it again and i was like man my stupid monkey brain yeah. uh, it was real bad. just a bunch of scientists watching me like oh she's so stupid oh no um, so guys, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. And if you're a $5 a month member or higher over there, you get to send questions, uh, to the show or recommendations or just general comments. And we love hearing from you. 
So Amy, I will say this is more of like a suggestion on Amy's part. And I don't know anything about this. Maybe you do, Eric. Hmm. Amy writes, hi, Allison. Would you consider discussing Rev and the gig economy? <laughs> Eric is... Oh, I've heard of this. Oh, oh okay. Uh, uh, Rev is... I believe Rev is the uh, transcription app. You can right. sign up. So it's a yes, it's it an is. online service where you can sign up to transcribe... Um, like audio, like like. Yes, she goes on to say Gizmodo and the New York Times both have articles about how the transcription company is squeezing its workers by dropping pay. These articles also don't take into account that transcription has been a decent job for people who live with disabilities or are caretakers of persons with disabilities, as the job is fairly flexible. I'm someone who has used Rev and recommended it to others. I've used it as a side hustle, but don't need to depend on it for living. But many people do. What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, I don't know a lot about it, but I mean, that definitely sucks. Yeah, that's not good. I mean, I definitely when So last year I went, I like quit my job and I went to on, on tour with the band for a month. And when I got back, I was looking for like ways to make money. And I was looking into trips transcription because I had done transcription in the past. How much does it pay? No, it's not great, oh. which is why I never did it. Sure. It's like you make like you get paid per you get paid per audio minute that you transcribe okay so it's not about how much work you do so like if somebody sends you 30 minutes worth of audio to transcribe you'll get paid like you know let's say 30 dollars or something and but i will it, say but it could like take a couple hours when i was a journalist transcri- <laughs> transcribing interviews is the worst part of the job yeah 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 it was and it's so time consuming yeah i used to transcribe a bunch of stuff doing like sociology research and mm-hmm. stuff like that and it is yeah it is like most professors that i know that do like interviews and stuff for research they just like get somebody else to do it yeah like, i can't handle this it's so it, it also like depending on who you're interviewing like chomsky was a nightmare yeah. to transcribe because <laughs> right. i felt like i was also researching because i was like what the fuck was that reference he just made and then i would have to go down this like rabbit hole of researching like yeah. that name right. or that war he just cited that i've never heard about in my entire right, life right. <laughs> so it just take hours and hours yeah. but yeah it, it, it's really hard it is it's hard work and it doesn't pay that well which is what, i mean i was gonna sign up and then i just like i was like i can't devote that much time to this for this amount of money like i can't i gotta figure out something else um and so that sucks that they're like cutting the money even more and just in general like gig economy jobs it's like it sucks it fucking sucks it's really brutal yeah i mean everybody has eight jobs we're all exhausted all the time it sucks and that's happening with all gig jobs you know all gigs i could just say um i would say like i mean obviously it's not good and like i don't know i feel like there should be some stuff done. I I don't know what can be done legally against like these types of like apps and gig economy jobs and stuff like that. I, mean, I the know the problem is that everybody's a fucking contractor. Right. Nobody has unions anymore. We have zero leverage because if you complain about anything, they just get somebody else. Well, Uber just got slapped with a lawsuit in New Jersey. Good, fuck them. Um, and it looks like they're probably gonna end up paying like six hundred million dollars in fines. Good, fucking um, ruin these companies yeah. that don't allow their workers to unionize, or yeah. like fight back in any way i would also say if you're dependent on it and like these apps are really like really fucking you outside of you know doing like activism to pressure them to be better i also see if you can do the same thing on your own see if you can figure out a way to do it as your own like business like, like approach tr- people independently and be like hey if you need somebody to transcribe yeah because you could do transcription on your own terms if you like go to a university and you like start hitting up professors like i'll transcribe your research you interviews help, yeah yeah i mean like like i said like i'm sure a lot of journalists probably get i mean i don't know about journalists but like a lot of people that do interviews for their work whether i would it be say too if you approach like fair-minded people like yeah. that you could even explain to them look you can get this service cheaper elsewhere right. but it's a very labor-intensive process yeah. and i think the rate i'm offering you while slightly higher is fair because a lot of people will want to support that. Like, and you oh, yeah. better quality. Better quality. And, like, also, I want you to be able to live. Yeah. Like, a lot of people will be willing to pay slightly higher rates if you explain to them, like, listen, you're going to see really low rates on other services. Right. But here's how you're able to get low rates with them. Yeah, exactly. Because um, yeah. a lot of people, it just doesn't occur to them, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, like... Yeah, like maybe like while you're trying to squeeze it out on Rev or something, like try to pick up your own clients and then eventually you'll pick up enough clients. Especially, like I said, like I think 
professors are a big untapped resource if you're trying to do transcription because like trust me none of them want to do it no Um, it's awful uh and it's recurring because they're always going to have research that needs to be done stuff like that right um so if you can find that if you can try to find a way to do it on your own as your own but there's obviously much more liability with that and there's tax stuff and all this stuff but make more money you, you know, have more control over it as opposed to living at the whims of these apps that are probably going to shut down anyway. Sure. You know? Yeah. So uh, I wanted to get to recommendations Let's before we get to bad news. Well, I don't have a ton, so we can just go through <laughs> yours. <laughs> okay. So, oh, buddy, the season three of The Crown is mm. on Netflix. It is great. The The wonderful Olivia Coleman is in this season. Mm. Helena Bottom Carter, mm. what a cast! Yeah. It's great. I would say, like, I definitely think it's a less sympathetic view of the monarchy this season. Yeah, which is good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm very curious what they're gonna do when they. I don't know how current they're gonna get. I know uh, season four is gonna be like the 80s and the 90s mm-hmm. of the the British monarchy, which will be super interesting because that will be Thatcher. Yeah. Uh, that will be Tony Blair. That will be Princess Di, all of that stuff. So that's going to be fascinating. Yeah. I'm curious to know how current they're going to get because, like, are they going to address all of the Prince Andrew <laughs> stuff? <laughs> there was a, uh, a, a funny satire article I saw. I mean, funny quotation marks that... It, it was funny, but it's funny because it's extremely dark. Uh-huh. But it was just like a uh, like a face like a shared like Facebook news story mm-hmm. um, that said uh, Kevin Spacey to play Prince Andrew <laughs> in the Crown. <laughs> just like ooh, yeah, yikes, sure. Uh, so I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Uh, End of the fucking world <laughs> season two also on Netflix. Nice. I thought it was uh, great. I was sort of like, what are they going to do after season one? Because I thought season one of End of the Fucking World was perfect. And I was sort of mad that they were going to do another season because I was like, oh, God. Yeah. It just ended so perfectly. But they figured out a way to do it. And it's real good. Nice. And very dark. Uh, Also, Watchmen continues to be one of the best shows on television. Maybe ever? Question mark. Yeah. It's it's so good. Strong. It's very, very good. Um, I also wanted to recommend everyone go watch the SNL with Harry Styles as the host. Oh, yeah? Did you see it? No, I didn't. There's a sketch written by Anna Dresden, of course, course. uh, (laughs) called Joan. That is one of the funniest, sweetest digitals I think they've ever done on SNL. Nice. And it's great. I've never heard an audience react that way, where they were laughing, and at the end they went, aww. (laughs) (laughs) But Harry Styles was great. He's... Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, he's so funny. I also forgot that he's like an actor now. Right. So I was like, ooh, his accent works real good, Harry. (laughs) Very impressive. Right. Um, And then also, sort of a sleeper recommendation, and I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did, The King... Uh, oh, is it the Timothy Chalamet and Joel Egerton? Chal- yeah, yeah, yeah. I just happened across that while I was perusing Netflix. Eric, there is one of the craziest battle scenes I've yeah? ever seen, and I had heard about it when they were filming it. Like there was rumble in the film community mm. where people were like, "They are filming something insane right now for the king," yeah. and there are like three hundred extras, and they're all on horseback. <laughs> Everybody's like waist deep in mud and it's nice. crazy intense. Like apparently like the crew was like leaking details where they were like, This is the craziest shoot we've ever been on. Oh, blah blah blah. That's awesome. And I like the film's like fine right. until the end. And then the end gets so insane. I was like, <laughs> I don't know how they filmed this. Right. This is bananas. Oh, that's cool. The logistics must have been a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Um, and unlike the fucking reverend, Timothy Chalamet and Joel Egerton weren't out there every day like like, it was so hard on us. Give us awards. <laughs> I am high hurt. Yeah. Like Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hardy right, right. were just like constantly complaining about how awful that <laughs> shoot was. And I'm sure it was, but it was sort of like, okay, guys. Yeah. We know you worked very hard, you know? I sometimes I think films do that. So they're like, give us awards, please. We yeah. worked so hard. We just used natural lighting. Aren't we amazing? Uh-huh. Uh and the king didn't really do that. <laughs> they just like filmed it and it was done. Yeah. And then people who had seen it started to like leak where they were like, yo, it's crazy. Right. Oh, that's cool. Uh Let's see it. Yeah. It looked cool from the from the preview I saw. And I have to say, Liddy little uh Timothy Chalamet, I was sort of like, oh, I don't know if like he's the follow me into battle type of actor. Yeah. He's more like the call me by your name, like art, uh, film, 
yeah, yeah. indie boy, you know, like sweet, sensitive. I don't know if he can do King, mm-hmm. but th- by the end of the film, I was like, yes, Timothy. It but was really like a, good. He's like a boy king, right? He is supposed to be very, very young, but he's like very slight, you know? Yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't know if he's going to like look convincing in his little armor. He's got a he's got a cool haircut. <laughs> the bowl haircut of yeah. the time. <laughs> Joel Egerton is making some wild choices in this film. I will say I was sort of like, okay, Joel. But it, I don't know. I think it works at the end. Well, that's good. Have you seen it? Thoughts? Hashtag light trees and pod. Um, all right. So on that note. Oh, no. Eric, do you have any? Uh, oof, I don't know. Do not. You are not. Okay. Here's what you're not allowed to say. <laughs> what are the ones you always talk about? Hell's uh, Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen. I've just yeah. been rewatching. Hell's, yeah, Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Uh, no, what are the other ones? Psych? Do you recommend oh, Psych a yeah, lot? All the time. You're not allowed to say Psych Best anymore. Best TV show of all time. You're not allowed to say Law and Order, SVU. That's literally all I watch. Okay. Anything uh, new? <sighs> not really. Okay. I've so a lot of pens in the past two weeks. Uh, do you have a favorite pen? Uh, yeah, I guess so. What I bought a I bought a Pilot Vanishing Point, which is a pen I'd wanted for a long time. Why is that better than any other pen I could get? Okay, well, first off, it's a fountain pen, and fountain pens are better. How much is it? Uh, it retails for like one hundred and forty dollars. I'm not getting that. <laughs> Why would I get? that? I got it used. Why would I get that? I'll it's just get great. a bic. I'll get it's a bic. That's upsetting. Wait, no. I'll get, uh, what's the stupid one you recommended to me that I use now? Oh, the inner gel. Yeah, the, the inner gel, the pencil inner gel. That's a great pen. It's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But I got a pile of vanishing point, which is a it's a one of a kind. Not I mean the pen is not one of a kind, but the, it itself is one of a kind in the fountain pen world because it's a retractable fountain pen, okay. which you don't ever see. Okay. Well, why? Why is that better? It's not. I mean, it's not necessarily better, but like. There, it's the only one of its kind. Like fountain pens, they have caps, they unscrew, or they, you know, they click. But this one has, is, it's retractable, like a like a regular like a click pen. Is this but it's how a you feel pen. when I talk about watching stuff on Bravo? Probably. Okay, because I, I'm just like, I don't understand. I don't get why you I care. Have it on here right now, it's cool though. See? Let me see. Okay, I'm looking at it. Yep. All right, and, and I then you you I click press it. this. Okay. And it's a fountain pen. Okay, and it's Eric. it's literally the smoothest pen I've ever it's used really in my life. It's really heavy. But that's great. You need you need the heft. You like I would get tired writing. I uh, see it doesn't I don't think the weight is not that bad. There are pens that are like that, but mm-hmm. uh this one's not like that. I, I, I find it very ergonomical for long writing sessions. Let me ask you this. Does this happen to you? Because I'm doing the artist pages right now. No mm-hmm. big deal. I'm deeper than any of you could have ever conceived of. Wow. Uh, does this happen to you when you're writing in public where people lose their minds and they're like, what are you writing? Yes, Why are you writing? All the time. It's so annoying. All I'm like, the time. Do you have to comment? It's bizarre to me that you're commenting at all. Mm-hmm. It's like that old Bill Hicks joke, like, why are you reading? Yeah, yeah, It's like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, do you not hear yourself talking and just, like, immediately stop to be like, I'm an idiot? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> for me, I, 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 I'm a little more forgiving of that behavior because I'm usually, if I'm writing in public, it's because I'm writing, like, long hand with a fountain pen and people are like what are you a time traveler i mean yeah that's happening? super pretentious and weird yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i'm I'm trying to work on my handwriting because sure. i've always had bad i always have had a fascination with pens but i've always had pretty terrible handwriting mm-hmm. so i bought a book oh wow uh, okay let me take you on a quick journey okay i learned t- a couple weeks ago that there are like nine living people in the world that have officially the title master penman oh wow and i read this and i thought well this is my new life's work wow is to be t- declared a master penman so strange so i started researching i've been doing a lot of reading and then i've looked up a, a bunch of their work Typically, they're calligraphers. Yes. Some of them are engravers. Some of them do other types of work, but typically they're... Those are so soothing. Like, back when Tumblr was a bigger deal, Mm -hmm. they would put up these, like, little gifts of them doing calligraphy, Mm -hmm. and it is the most soothing thing. I guess I'll recommend that. That's what I've been doing. I've been been getting into calligraphy. That's cool. I've been been learning about calligraphy. I've been learning about calligraphy scripts. There are two pretty classic calligraphy scripts. Mm -hmm. Um... Uh, and then there, there's like modern calligraphy, which frankly, you know, hate me all you want. I think it's bullshit. Okay. Uh, Wait, how's it different? See, all right. So there are like, there are like traditional calligraphy scripts. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's called Copperplate. One's called Spencerian script. Okay. And those are like, those have strict rules about how, about each letter. About so that's how, old school. Yeah, it's like more traditional, like the, the like the Declaration of Independence is kind of written in like Spencerian script, yeah, Classic. like yeah. And then uh, a copper plate is a similar vein, a little more uh, a little more stylistic, 
But it all has they all have specific rules. Each letter has to look a specific way. There's certain strokes you have to use for each letter for each one. They have their own set of rules. Modern calligraphy is more like just make it look pretty, just make it look cool. Sure. And uh, I'm not into that. I okay. like to I like to I like to have a tradition, uh, a set of rules, like a, a a craft to it. Sure. So, been learning about all that, and I bought I one of the guys, one of the the master penmen who's still alive. He he wrote a series of books about improving your handwriting. Okay. Uh, his name is Michael Soul, S U L L. So he put out a series of books about improving your cursive handwriting and your penmanship. So I bought his book. I'm working on my penmanship, and then hopefully I'm going to get into calligraphy. Hey, I'm sure there's a bunch of like weird hipster classes in. There's Brooklyn. not as many as you think. Really? Yeah. To learn calligraphy? Yeah, it's not as many as you think. I've been <sighs> looking around. There's not as many as you think. I feel like somebody was it Katie Katie Haley Wurzberg mm-hmm. who just like hand wrote a bunch of stuff for people i feel like she was doing something with calligraphy oh that'd be cool that's like cool. as gifts for yeah. the holidays or something oh i don't know that's cool she did tag me <laughs> randomly in a twitter post from this pen and stationery store uh in manhattan because they have a pen club oh yeah <laughs> she just sent me you a should picture join that immediately yeah eric uh, i feel like anybody who shares this weird interest you should just latch on to yeah pretty much yeah that's what i'm, that's what I'm working on yeah Guys, speaking of Eric's weird obsessions, here's your bad <laughs> news. I'm just kidding, Eric. I actually think that's like... A very nice, pure thing that you're interested in. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, a quick aside before we get into sure. it. Sure. I've recommended this on the show before, but there is a book called The World Beyond Your Head. And I forget the name of the guy, but he's the same guy that wrote a, a classic book called Shopcraft as Soulcraft. Mm-hmm. Shop Class as Soulcraft. He wrote a second book called The World Behind Your Head. And it's all about just like kind of dealing with anxiety through sort of physical craft. Mm-hmm. And I have found that writing and penmanship and stuff like that does that for me because i'm not artistically talented in other ways but i can fool around with pens and uh kind of takes me in that space okay into it so bad news (laughs) bad news Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna put the impeachment hearings in the bad news section for the following reason here is my my framing of it while i think there were several extraordinary moments from the impeachment hearings Mm -hmm. did you see any of it uh, I did not watch it live. I saw the the highlight clips, and I kind of followed it through articles about it. I didn't watch it live. I I did think there were several extraordinary moments. Um, Fiona Hill being the most recent mm. one. Yeah. Although I will say it was very funny to see people fangirling and fanboying as hard as they were uh, about Fiona Hill, and then conveniently ignoring when she was like, "And by the way, if you oppose fracking, you're assisting Russia." <laughs> Everybody just magically forgot yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, she was, you know, very brave in in opposing the Trump administration and so articulate and like a, a great speaker and yeah. a pleasure to, to listen to testify. But anyway, so um, <laughs> I'm putting in the bad news section because I think despite the bravery of, the, of these witnesses, despite their very compelling testimony, ultimately, I don't think it will matter because the Republicans will just vote along with their party, and the impeachment um, proceedings will stall in the Senate. Yeah, nothing will happen. But I did want to play this one moment from Representative Schiff, which was the very, very end of the last day of testimony in which he gave his closing remarks. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to play it because I think it's <laughs> it's very moving. I, I do think that Schiff did as good of a job as he could have done. I do think he's an idealist who believes in an America that probably never existed other than his own head. Uh, He sort of ends this remark by saying we're better than this. And my immediate first thought was, are we? No. Are we better than this? But anyway, I I do think it was was moving and I wanted to play it. So here is Representative Schiff's closing remarks. Where are the people who are willing to go beyond their party to look to their duty? I, I was struck by Colonel Vinsman's testimony because he said that he acted out of duty. What is our duty here? That's what we need to be asking. 
not using metaphors about balls and strikes or um, our team and your team. I've heard my colleagues use those metaphors. This should be about duty. What is our duty? We are, and this gets to Mr. Heck's point, we, we are the indispensable nation. We still are. People look to us from all over the world. Journalists from their jail cells in Turkey, the victims of mass extrajudicial killing in the Philippines, people who gathered in Tahrir Square wanting a representative government, people in China who are Uyghurs, um, people in Ukraine who want a better future. They look to us. They're not going to look to the Russians. They're not going to look to the Chinese. They can't look to Europe with all its problems. They still look to us, and increasingly, they don't recognize what they see. Because what they see is Americans saying, don't engage in political prosecutions. And what they say back is, oh, you mean like the Bidens and the Clintons that you want us to investigate? What they see, they don't recognize. And that is a, a terrible tragedy for us, but it's a greater tragedy for the rest of the world. Now, I, I happen to think that when the founders provided a mechanism in the Constitution for impeachment, they were worried about what might happen if someone unethical took the highest office in the land and used it for their personal gain and not because of deep care about the big things that should matter, like our national security and our defense and our allies and what the country stands for. I happen to think that's why they put that remedy in the Constitution. And I think we need to consult our conscience and our constituents and decide whether that remedy is appropriate here, whether that remedy is necessary here. And as you know, Notwithstanding what my colleague said, I resisted going down this path for a long time, but I will tell you why I could resist no more. And it came down to this. It came down to, actually, it came down to timing. It came down to the fact that the day after Bob Mueller testified, the day after Bob Mueller testified that Donald Trump invited Russian interference. Hey, Russia, if you're listening, come get Hillary's emails. And later that day, they tried to hack her server. The day after he testified that not only did Trump invite that interference, but that he welcomed the help in the campaign. They made full use of it. They lied about it. They obstructed the investigation into it. And all this is in his testimony and his report. The day after that, Donald Trump is back on the phone asking another nation to involve itself in another U.S. election. That says to me, this president believes he is above the law, beyond accountability. And in my view, there is nothing more dangerous than an unethical president who believes they are above the law. And I would just say to people watching here at home and around the world, in the words of my great colleague, we are better than that. Adjourned. So again, my first thought was, are we? Are we better than this? I don't think we are. I think no. this is pretty on par uh, for a country that was built on uh, slavery and sure. an elitist class yeah. and rich people getting to do whatever the fuck they want mm -hmm. whenever they want to do it. And he says that at one point in that clip you just heard where he was like, you know, I think this president thinks he's above the law. <laughs> it's sort of like, yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely does. And yeah. It, <laughs> you could basically rewrite shifts whole speech like with the spongebob meme <laughs> with like the upper down like the lowercase and capital letters yeah yeah, it's just, it's just like, yeah we're better than this yeah no 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 so yeah putting in the bad news section 
I'm I'm putting in the bad news section. Just I'm so tired of it. I can't deal with it anymore. Because it's uh, like you said. I mean, it's not that I think it's 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 useless. It, it is useful and true. It's just nothing's gonna happen. Yeah, and I do think it's important historically, like that these these testimonies were public. Yeah, they're now on public record because that's the whole reason they did this. Uh, everybody who testified at this hearing had already done so behind closed doors, mm-hmm. and there were meaningful differences, right? Like the testimony of Gordon Sondland, the U.S. ambassador to the European Union. Yeah. His testimony was very different publicly (laughs) than what it was uh, privately. In his public hearing, he said, was there a quid pro quo? As I testified previously with regard to the requested White House call and White House meeting, the answer is yes. Um, But he was sort of extraordinary because he was way more candid. Yeah. uh, Possibly because, I don't know, Sondland, I'm like, I think he was way more complicit than he was leading everybody to believe. But possibly to the point where he was like, oh, I better start throwing people under the bus because I got to save my own ass. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think the best thing that will come out of this is... It's. I mean, it's still. It's still possible they'll vote and impeach him in the House. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, but nothing's going to happen in the Senate, no. which is where people get removed from office. Yeah, nothing's going to happen. So, but they could still impeach him in the House. That would be a significant step. But what they need to do, what I'm afraid that they won't do, is this will end, and then it'll just kind of get forgotten about because it's like, okay, we did that. It's over. Mm. They should just keep all the clips they made this this past few weeks in these testimonies, and they should start making campaign commercials out of them. I think they will. And they should just play them on loop until yeah. the election. I think that's definitely what's going to happen, uh, so it'll be important for that reason. I, I do think that on a historical level and also like a global level, mm-hmm. it was important that this these things were said publicly. They're part of the public record now. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was really important that the Democrats showed strong opposition to what was happening. Yeah. Um, so I think on a symbolic level, it was very powerful. Yeah. It was really moving to hear, you know, these these brave witnesses say the reason I did this is because the reason I came forward is because I believe, you know, like this is not us, which, again, I'm always like, mm, but it kind of is. But <laughs> it, like these people who became public servants because they thought they could affect real change. Right and affect like good change in the world and it was really fucking sad to hear them talk about you know w- working in an administration where they quickly realized like oh you just care about screwing your political opponent mm-hmm. and i thought i was here to help ukrainians they really thought they were going to do some good mm-hmm. um but yeah i i watched pretty much every day and we got to see that great picture of Trump's uh, notes that he wrote in Sharpie. Yes, that's <laughs> going to be in the good news section because it made me laugh. And it was fully insane. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did think that part was uh, very, very funny. What else did I want to talk about? Oh, here's something wild that probably should have mattered more because Devin Nunez was one of the people who got to ask questions mm-hmm. during uh, the the House committee. Right. So there's a Rudy Giuliani associate named Lev Parnas Mm -hmm. who has been indicted. uh, And he's the guy who helped arrange meetings and calls in Europe for uh, Devin Nunes in 2018. So it kind of seems like the guy who has been associating with someone who's been indicted shouldn't be allowed to ask questions (laughs) during a House investigation, right? Seems like that would not be good. And it did come up like one of the other Democratic House Committee members was like, hey, I want this entered to the record. Right. What the fuck is happening <laughs> right now? And they were basically like, how are you able to be on this committee? Right. But I feel like it was like a passing point that right. was made. Right. And not, it should have effectively been like, get out. Right. Why are you here? <laughs> Absolutely. Like we can switch you out with another Republican, but you can't be here right, right, now. Right, right. That's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. Because Rudy Giuliani came up a lot during the testimony. Something that I think, I mean, it, it certainly got brought up a lot, but something I think that doesn't get brought up enough in the public is that, like, Rudy Giuliani does not work for the government. 
Rudy Giuliani is Donald Trump's personal lawyer. Yeah, well, a lot of people who testified <laughs> were like, them recapping when they found out that Rudy Giuliani was going to Ukraine, uh-huh. they were like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. nobody could understand why that was happening for that reason. They yeah. were like, why is the president's personal lawyer, who does not work for the administration, yeah. going to Ukraine? <laughs> yeah. And ultimately, it was like to handle his dirty shit. Yeah, of course. That's the only reason you would send a personal lawyer, not a government. Right. Um, a government servant to go. <laughs> yeah, it's just like this is his personal lawyer. This is, Rudy Giuliani has no basis to work to do literally anything on behalf of the United States government. No. So the whole like, oh, we were doing uh, you know investigations into the corruption, you know, in the 2016 election. It's like, okay, well, your personal lawyer can't do that. No. And I mean, the whole reason Trump does that shit is because he knows he can keep stuff on lockdown yeah if it's his personal lawyer it's his employee he's not beholden to anybody he's not beholden to the you know right and it's harder to get like pull them in front of a house committee too yeah because they're a private citizen (laughs) yeah oh there are multiple times in Sondland's testimony we were talking about like trump would be like go talk to rudy he's like yeah why 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 am i going to talk to your lawyer it's so weird um did you watch the debate uh, not all of it. I watched a good chunk of it. Okay, I watched none of it, so you'll be better informed Great. on this. Here's the thing. Uh, I, I hate the horse race shit. Mm-hmm. I hate having to care about this so far out. It's so long. It's so long. And at this point, I feel like people trying to read polls and stuff, it means it's, it's virtually meaningless. Mm-hmm. I guess it matters who's leading in Iowa and blah, 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 blah. But anybody who is leading... Uh, in the polls at this time during any other presidential election presidential election never won the presidency. Well, yeah, the polls now don't uh matter I think for who's going to win. It does change things now. It, yeah, it so changes like who gets coverage, mm-hmm. fundraising, these types of things. So it's important for the now stuff, but people are trying to extrapolate it into like It's crazy. whoever's going to win. It's like it's, you can't, you it's can't because so many it people, out. that's their whole job. So they have to like create meaning where there is no meaning. It's fucking absurd. Yeah. I saw a tweet the other day, and I'm spacing. I'm sorry. I can't remember who tweeted it, but I was like, oh, fuck. This is right. Where they were like, I don't think a moderate can win the presidency, but I think a moderate will win the nomination. Yeah. Which is what makes Pete Buttigieg so dangerous. <laughs> Oh my God, he's leading in every poll. Oh, What's happening? He's the worst. What's happening? Like, and and I think a lot of people are making the calculation where they're like, "Look, is he good? No. <laughs> is he even a Democrat? I don't know. He hasn't said anything on abortion yet. Right, right. <laughs> we right. don't know where he stands on it. Which, uh, for a Democrat in 2019, should be criminal. Yeah. Um, but is he as bad as Trump? No. It's a weird meta thing. The the Pete Buttigieg thing is this weird. It's sort of like the Biden thing. It's this weird meta thing where people are like, who am I going to support in the primary? And then they're extrapolating to a year and a half from now. And they're like, well, I think this moderate has the best chance of beating Trump. Right. It's like, well, that's not exactly true. No. If you supported one person and everybody supported them, they would win. No matter what. So it's yeah. like. So you could support the most radical person and yeah. support them in the general election, and they would, like so you're you're basing your decision, and then it becomes this like feedback loop and this self fulfilling prophecy where it's like, well, I think Pete Buttigieg has the best chance to beat Trump, so now everybody supports him, so then he becomes the nominee because everybody, you know, it's it's just this weird cyclical cyclical system. If you truly believe at this point that Trump is uh, on his way out, I I, I don't. I wouldn't be that optimistic. Yeah. But if you do believe that, and isn't now the time to go as radical as we can? Yeah. And also, like, I just, there's still this just, like, huge, like, just, I mean, frankly, I don't know. There's just this huge, like, sector of people that just seem to think, like, the way to defeat Trump is to, like, get on stage with him and, like, prove him wrong or some dumb, like, just, like, uh, you know, actually him to death, you know? And it's just, like, that's not going to work. Did anybody has it worked at any other time, like up until this moment? No, no. <laughs> any debate with like Hillary Clinton, mostly everybody in the media was like she won, yeah, and it didn't fucking matter. <laughs> no. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter because first off, you're not going to win anybody that's going to vote for Trump. I mean, they're they're locked in. They're they're priced in. Like there there's no 
You're not swaying any votes. I so just, the whole moderate, like, oh, we're going to sway votes to our side. It's like, no, you're not. No, I you're don't not. understand, like, what a Pete Buttigieg fan gets out of him. Is it the fact that you feel good that you're supporting the first openly gay candidate for the presidency? Because that is exciting. Well, you get to do sweet dances at his What rallies. is that? Where did that come from? <laughs> I hate it. No. I hate it so much. Your dumb little Pete <laughs> Buttigieg dance. <laughs> the fuck is that <laughs> it's embarrassing you're an adult stop I, I i don't know what it is i don't know what the pete he's not exciting like why are you excited about pete Buttigieg? there's just people that are like have such a hard-on for moderation i don't know he's what like a reasonable gay man and everybody's <laughs> like i feel good about yeah. him being so moderate because i'm progressive for like supporting a moderate gay person <laughs> like yeah, what I yeah i don't get the whole like i just don't get the people that are really into like oh actually i'm being reasonable you know, we can't be too far left. It's like, well, what, the, go to another party. <laughs> like, Maybe it's just a lot of people feeling like the country is crazy right now. And they feel like he's the most adult in the room. Yes. Because he seems I like guess. he wouldn't yell at you. Yeah. I mean, he does have that. That air. was sort of Obama. Obama was like a very, very, very charismatic version. I will say of despite one of them actually being a college professor for a long time, he does have the most college professor vibe. Totally, totally. Like, you feel safe around him. Where yeah. it's like, oh, nothing is gonna, nothing insane is gonna happen around people. Yeah, even though Warren was a college professor for a long time, he he gives the air of the, uh, you know what it is? It's the above it all guy. I think it's also a daddy. Yeah. Like, a lot of people who call themselves progressives won't admit how much they want, like, a daddy. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, oh, he just seems like he would, like, sit you down and have like a very frank conversation with yeah, you yeah. and like not be too mean about it. <laughs> right. uh, they want a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, Speaking of. Uh, this party is just insane. Speaking <laughs> just of the insane. party being insane. Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, oh my God. So I was, I was not, I was like, I can't even recap all of the dumb shit he said like in the past week, <laughs> but this was up there. So he was at this event Thursday night. It was a town hall in Greenwood, South Carolina, and protesters were there to demand the end to deportations. And uh, one of the protesters confronted him and was basically like brought up the the deportations during the Obama administration. Mm -hmm. And Joe Biden responded, you should vote for Trump. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's that's the... uh (laughs) The the front runner for the Democratic uh, nomination. Uh-huh. Uh, that that's his response to uh-huh. uh, literally any criticism. Just vote for if you think I'm so bad, vote for Trump. Yeah, it's just like okay, Joe. That's how he responds to any criticism. If you think I'm so gross touching women when they clearly <laughs> have said they don't want me to touch them, you should vote for Trump. Like wow. <sighs> so you didn't see any of the stuff that he said at the debate. I heard a little bit about it, but the what best happened? was. I mean, best, worst, worst uh, yeah. obviously, is uh, there was a whole section at the end. Uh, but uh, basically, the, the highlights, you know, the best one was uh, <laughs> in answering a question about, uh, uh, you know, women's rights and domestic violence. <laughs> oh, God. He said, we have to keep punching at it. And and he said it twice. He's he like, said we have to punch keep punching it at it. Keep punching punching at it. At it. <laughs> it's like, what? He, like, doesn't realize like he's just an idiot okay first of all but then he never recognizes his own privilege Mm -hmm. like when he gets called out on that stuff he's never like oh right i a man should not use the phrase punch it in a conversation about domestic (laughs) violence (laughs) right well he's the classic like every time he's challenged he's the classic like oblivious guy like what what that's how i've always well then he's like a classic liberal which is like he just doubles down yeah instead of being like sort of stepping back and being like oh was i oblivious in that moment or was i privileged did my privilege like blind me to yeah yeah, yeah. being offensive in that moment um he's just he doubles down and he's like well then fucking vote for trump if i'm such a bad guy which by the way is like what happens in an abusive relationship when you like point out the problematic behavior of, of your partner and if they go, well, if I'm so bad, why don't you leave me? And it's like, well, that's a fucked up response, you know? Yeah. Uh, instead of just being like, hey, I'm really sorry I made you feel bad. Right, right, right. <laughs> I really care about you. Um, but anyway, guys, oh, that's enough of the bad. Let's end it on Joe Biden. Here's your good news. <laughs>
Okay. Elon Musk. <laughs> oh, boy. I woke up to this news, and I was like, it's Christmas for Allison. Oh, yeah. Well, so I work at a tech company, so this was very yeah, fun. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Uh, How did everybody feel about it? Were they like, <laughs> it was so funny? It was the funniest thing that's ever happened? You know what was funny was right. that, because uh, I work with a bunch of nerds, is, uh, the, the, uh, the glass shattering wasn't the funny thing to them. The completely awful design of the truck yeah. itself was like, this is what a nine-year-old thinks a truck looks like. So there were two separate memes uh, <laughs> on Twitter when we woke up to this news. Uh, one was everybody comparing Elon Musk's uh, unveiled Cybertruck to Homer Simpson's <laughs> design when he gets yes. to create his own car. <laughs> yes. The ugliest car in the world. So that's what the Cybertruck looks like. It is so fucking ugly. And I like, again, it is like what a 10-year-old boy would draw if he's like, this is a cool car. <laughs> and it just looks so dumb. And all the nerds were like taking photos of it in the audience, like it's amazing, Elon. I love you. Um, his like little fanboys are I a mystery to me. I don't get the fucking Elon Musk thing. I truly here's How what I I truly think it is. I think they think if they tweet him and he sees them, he will hire them. I don't understand how much you have to not do anything in your life <laughs> before people are like, you're like, this is all smoke and mirrors. I just love that he keeps trying to invent things. Was he the guy who started the whole Silicon Valley guys designing stuff that already exists meme? No, I think that that I think a lot of that started with. I mean, he kind of did that with like a tunnel. He thought he invented a tunnel. Well, he did the. I was talking about this this morning actually because I was talking about his greatest hits, which was like he started a company to create what he called the Hyperloop, which is where he dug a tunnel under L.A. <laughs> or San Francisco or wherever. And it was supposed to be like this crazy, like hyperspeed car. Mm-hmm. And then he made the tunnel, hundreds of millions of dollars. Sure. Digging a tunnel. And then when he finished it, it was like, actually, it's just a regular car tunnel. <laughs> you guys, I just realized, <laughs> like, he came up out of the tunnel. You guys, I just realized it's just a tunnel. He's like, actually, I don't have any of the technology to make this like a super fast I invented thing. Nothing. So it's just a tunnel for I'm a car. I'm a fraud and you should all stop following me. And all the <laughs> fanboys were like, Elon, you're amazing. And then he made like a flamethrower. It's like, we have we flame have flamethrowers, Elon. <laughs> like, and all the fanboys were like, "I love your th- flamethrowing, Elon." <laughs> like, what if you, d- you know, it's just like it's so stupid. Oh, it's so stupid. So he unveils his st- stupid Cybertruck, <laughs> and his lead engineer comes out and is like, "This shit is so tough." And apparently, they were like beating it up for a while with like rods and stuff, and it was like very resilient. Well, this is classic tech guy oversight. So they wanted to create an indestructible car. Sure. Which they so, mostly did. So really, really heavy, and if you are in it and trapped in it, when it rolls, it will crush you. Well, somebody, uh, my friend at work, pointed this out. He's like, "There's you, sh- you have your car is supposed to have a little impact cushion." So when you if get you in wreck. a collision, yeah, because if it's so stiff that it doesn't give when you wreck, uh, all of the force goes to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the whole reason they like switch to like plastic cars. Yeah, like, yeah. It absorbs things when it hits. Like it, it absorbs all the shock. Right. If it doesn't, all that energy goes straight to you, mm-hmm. the only non-indestructible <laughs> thing in the car. And you are made up of water and meat. Yeah. And we'll just get <laughs> torn up because metal is tearing into you. Uh, but yeah, so they created like an indestructible car, and they're like. Pounding the sides of the door, nothing's denting. You know, nothing's denting. So it's going well. It's going yeah. well. And then uh, <laughs> the lead engineer picks up these little metal balls uh-huh. and he throws it so lightly. Yeah. If you've seen the clip, he's there's no heat behind this. Just throw. like a little, like just a tosses little, it out a window, softball pitch, and this window shatters <laughs> <laughs> so comically. And then he, he picks up another one, like oh that was a freak thing that just happened. Throws it, and the second window shatters. Yeah, like and then Elon goes, "We'll fix it in post." <laughs> it's just classic like they invented an indestructible car and then like like 30 minutes before the presentation like oh elon this this car doesn't have windows in it it's like oh just put in some regular windows yeah you didn't think to make the windows indestructible if you're making an indestructible car this didn't cross your mind right the thing that mostly kills everyone sure i forgot about all the spacex stuff too all the the disasters it's just um, like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just so silly. It's just, it, and it's just like enigmatic of like this type of guy. Is it another daddy thing? 
Where I was, because I was like, what is the fascination with like the Steve Jobs type? Where it's like the, I think it's a fantasy thing where it's like, man, I could be a smart guy like that. And I could be in charge of my I own think company. It's a lot of it. I think that's a lot of it. But yeah. it, it's always a man. It's always a, like a, a like a cool dad type. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's it. I think they need to believe that some. I think a lot of this comes down to people's uh, inability to deal with. Uh, complete nihilism <laughs> and like the randomness of the world what and has like, he gotten right i mean he di- i mean some of his spacex rocket spacex rockets were successful. Do work yeah but it's like what are they doing because i was thinking about like him and like elizabeth holmes and i'm yeah. like what is she was a total fraud obviously yeah. Yeah, yeah and had like she was just hoping that the tech could catch up with her fantasy right but Elon's sort of like that, too. He's always hoping that the tech will catch up with his fantasy. And then occasionally, I, th- I guess he's had enough success where, like, a rocket does land successfully, where yeah. people are like, oh, maybe everything else is true. And then something like this happens where it's just like, that car's fucking ugly. The window's <laughs> shattered, yeah. like, under no force. Right. Aren't you a scam artist? Yeah. Well, but I think he, he, like, produced the car. So there's, like, enough. Yeah. accomplished where people are like no see he followed through that 300 million dollars was worth it look at that ugly car right right um it's yeah like he's like showing them stuff yeah. you know i think that was elizabeth uh, people try to make that argument about elizabeth holmes it was just like she's not doing anything that other tech yes. people are not she doing. just went an extra step and then she it was like endangered oh. people's lives and she i mean yeah she had like scientists i mean people who had serious medical conditions were using her machine which did nothing uh, but she also like had scientists testing these machines where there was like broken glass with blood infected with yeah. Hep C, and she yeah. had like scientists like reaching in to like clean out the machines. It was like dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, this is sort of the culture of of the tech world, which is that you, it's all fake it until you make it. Yeah, exactly. It's constantly over promising, constantly saying you can do X and do X and do X, and you just hope that by the time people figure it out, that you've already you've actually done it. Right. Uh, and I think, I mean, I think Elon Musk thinks that he's not like, he, he's not making products for people to consume. And so really the only people he's grifting is like investors. And then, oh man, anytime you post a product, the first comment is like a fanboy who screen grabs his order number oh, I know. and he's like, Elon, I just bought it. Elon, it's so pathetic. Oh, it's, so it's so pathetic. And like, look, I mean, I, I, I've never used one, but apparently Teslas are nice. Oh yeah, no that that I think that's like his big success. Yeah, yeah that's Tesla is like a good car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, it's interesting because like if he he's like an odious person and his personality is awful, and we always forget about the when he called that dude a pedophile. Oh uh, yeah, the fucking that the, the guy that was saving the children. Yeah, <laughs> like the, uh, like he's a bad person, um, but. Even like all of that aside, um, if if he was just like a guy who had designed the Tesla and and funded that, and people were like, yeah, he's like a, a respected entrepreneur. Yeah, I don't think there would be as much of a a, a backlash to stuff like this when it happens. Right. But it's the cult of Elon that is just but so creepy. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing with like the calling the 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 fucking rescuer a pedophile is like people forget that like part of that was like supposed genius elon musk when this whole thing was happening elon was like well you know what i could do is we could build 30 individual submarines to go down and get all the children right and i was like what the fuck are you talking yeah, about you have no understanding of the situation if you did you would realize how fucking stupid that, that is. would take months to, <laughs> to like what are you talking about that's another thing i think people confuse being a rich guy who's able to hire a lot of smart people to work with you yeah. with you being a genius right it's like you are not a genius because you can hire smart engineers to right. build rockets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so before we run out of time, <clears throat> also in good news, Scott Warren, a humanitarian activist with the group Norm- No More Deaths in Arizona, was acquitted Wednesday for the second time yes. on charges that he mm, so illegally good. harbored undocumented migrants in the desert. In both trials, the first was declared a mistrial in June 2019. Warren was accused of two felony counts. After the first mistrial, prosecutors dismissed a conspiracy charge and proceedings uh, and proceeded with the felonies. I mean, absolutely insane that he was ever charged in the first place. Yes. I mean, just absolutely. They literally charged him with like 
not letting immigrants die in the desert. Yeah, that's all he did. He like didn't he went out and die. like gave them water and like yep. helped them get to safe harbor so they didn't die. And then yep. he was charged with crimes. Yeah, he's a hero. And uh, if there was <laughs> is a good thing that came out of this, it's that this is all public now. Yeah. <laughs> and also like a jury got to hear his defense, which was um, people shouldn't be left to die in the yeah. desert. And the jury was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like regardless of our immigration policy, it's not to let people die. Yeah, but it, it, I think it's revealing that in court, the the prosecution had to be like, well, the government's stance <laughs> is that they should die. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then he got to be like, that's monstrous. No. And the jury was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so I'm, I'm really sorry he had to go through that at all, but I, the victory is, is so, uh, symbolic and powerful. And I'm so glad that he isn't going to go to jail for being a good person. Yeah. And hopefully this will, uh, set some sort of precedent yes. for people who do the same thing. Right. Cause now so anybody else accused of it gets to, that is the, the, the good thing about the law when it, when it goes the right way, you have right. precedent now where it's like, Hey, you didn't send him to jail. Right. Can't send me to jail. Right. Exactly. Uh, guys, please follow Eric on Twitter at E R E K underscore Smith. Follow me at Allison Kilkenny. If you like the show, if you want to support the show, go to lighttreason.news. Uh, yep, that's the website. And yep. smash that donate button. If you had any thoughts, questions, concerns about today's episode, hashtag lighttreasonpod. Guys, thanks so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs>